When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, and online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter offer code POETRY at checkout. A better web starts with your website. This is the Book Riot Podcast, a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. This is episode 65. We're recording on Friday, August 15th. I'm Rebecca Shinsky, and I'm here with Jeff O'Neill. We're the editors of BookRiot.com. The prodigal Shinsky returns. I have returned from my shenanigans and gallivanting. Mm. And it was work. It was totally working. It was mostly work. Wasn't it was. It? Yeah. it was. It was. Okay. I mean, I'm. We totally we, we gonna... were in physical presence of each other in a foreign country. We were. That's a new first for us. Is is that right? I guess that's true. And we were in Vancouver having some uh, company meetings. And, and before uh, that, I went to Orlando. Oh, that's right. And you saw uh, uh, hardcore Harry Potter fans wriggling to uh, music. Man, Wizard Rock. I have to tell you, it is a thing. And it is a cool thing. Yeah, I I, I hear it's uh, I hear it's a lot of fun. There's a band called Tonks and the Aurors, and they have a song. Jeff, I had a moment <laughs> like if I could have waved my lighter in the air and skyped you into it, I would have because they wrote a song <laughs> about the West Wing. What? Yeah, a wizard rock band with a song about the West. Were Wing. Were they performing the Jackal? And the chorus, oh, I wish. I performed the Jackal, actually. I'm working on that. Um, but the chorus is, let Bartlett be Bartlett. Dude, totally. <laughs> and then it has a little, I serve at the pleasure of the president moment. And I was like, what is my life? This is amazing. <laughs> I'm well, never quitting. Keep sending me to Leaky Cop. <laughs> uh, well, uh, let's get into it. What's next? Um, <laughs> oh. uh, there, our, shout, our, our shout out this week is our quarterly box, the new one that's going to be shipped uh, September First week of September is the how many days when is it closed down you can subscribe technically until uh, August 28th but mm. we only have about 30 spots left oh so hurry uh, so hopefully if you're interested in this by the time you're listening to the podcast and you want to go check it out our quarterly box is it's 50 bucks a quarter and you get a box of book related stuff there's some books and then some non-book book stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, if you understand that, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Always at least one book, a whole bunch of other bookish items, kind of like what we feature on the book fetish column. God, you're making me Riot. look bad. You've practiced this before. This is my shtick. This is your shtick. I've got this one. And uh, we always work with the authors of the books that we've selected or the publishers to come up with some cool extra exclusive things. Um, I'm really excited about the extra stuff you get in this box. So if you want us to send you mail quarterly.co slash products click on the book riot image throw us your fifty dollars and we'll throw you some rad stuff quarterly.co slash book right that's it's right. our first sponsor squarespace is back again squarespace is the beautiful simple and easy way to get your online project on the web so here's what it is 
if you want an online portfolio, a gallery of some kind, a web blog, a store, Squarespace can help you out. So for a free trial and 10% off your purchase, go to squarespace.com and enter code POETRY. They've got 24-7 live chat support. Plans start at just 8 bucks a month. And if you sign up for a year, which is 12 months at $8, and you can do the math. I don't need to do it for you. You know, work on your own thing. Um, you get a free domain name. So you can, you can get um, – oh, I was going to try to make up something obscene, but I think I'm going to leave it right there. Uh, and you can get a, the, one of the most powerful tools for making a website that you can find. One thing that I love, and I talk about this every week because I think it's so cool and it's so hard to do, is responsive design, which means on a phone, on an iPad, on a 13-inch laptop computer, on a 27-inch desktop computer, all of their templates that you can use right out of the box, they have 20 different ones to choose from and you can customize from there, are built to respond to the size of the screen. Whoever is visiting your website is looking at it so it looks great, it's easy to navigate, and things just work. Every site, that $8 a month comes with an online store, e-commerce plugin, can process payments, help you figure out, do customer service, and things like that. Um, If you've ever used a free website builder, you know the feeling of, I want to do this thing, and yet I don't know how to do this thing. And then you're like, who am I asking? And the answer is the internet of the Google search bar. And good luck with that um, for the next 24 hours. Squarespace has 24-7 live chat customer support, real humans who know Squarespace in and out and can help you figure out what you need to figure out. So go to squarespace.com, and our offer code is POETRY. And that'll get you a free trial and 10% off your purchase. Another nice thing, the free trial is not one of those free trials where you got to enter your credit card and remember to cancel it. And, oh, my gosh, I forgot, and I got charged 19 bucks or whatever. This is a real free trial. You don't have to enter your credit card, just an email address. It's you can great. Try it out. I'm it's doing great. it right now. Did I tell you? No, you didn't. Yeah. I, I know you were, you're working on a side hustle. I have a side hustle. And, well, to be, it's like a, yeah. it's like it's a, a side the- hustleette. Right. It's like a side hustle in the pregnancy stage or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have a domain name for it. And so I decided I would try Squarespace because I've worked on Blogger before and I've worked on WordPress and I have a Tumblr and we do this thing with Squarespace and, you know, everyone says that it's awesome. So I set it up at Squarespace. And then I had to figure out how to map the domain name that I bought onto the Squarespace Mm -hmm. thing. And of course, the domain service is not helpful for that but squarespace had a cool thing where you picked from like 10 different domain mapping things and it gave you step-by-step instructions so i just had to sit there and follow one step at a time how to transfer the domain name that i've owned for a while onto Mm. my squarespace account it was easy the design is easy to work with um i've been super impressed it's really great i've used it for a thing or two of my own um and really found it really great. So that's go squarespace.com. If you've built a site in Squarespace, we asked for this a while ago. If you've tried one recently, if you've used the offer code or whatever and have a Squarespace site you've built, send it to us and we'll take a look at it and talk about it on the air. Um, so anyway, all right, we got, we, we've got a, uh, we've got a, a little uh, poo-poo platter of uh, things nice. to talk about. It's nice. It's, it is it's nice. It's nice to be back and have like a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So we're going to kind of do a uh, classic Jeff and Rebecca uh, tasting menu. And we're going to lead off with some book tech stuff. We've got, we've got a few of these. So the first one is HarperCollins. What? The champ 
the reigning <laughs> champ of trying stuff out. I'm just like cutting out letters to make one of those cut and paste love letters to send to Harper Collins. That's where I am right we now. Should, we should send her like one of those like uh, X-Men Valentines, you know, <laughs> like you did when you were in grade school. <laughs> I'm sure that she won't think that's creepy at all. Yeah. So basically there, Harper Collins is publishing, um, Harper, Harper Collins, a publisher in Ingram, which is a print book distributor are teaming up with independent bookstores and they're going to do what they're calling a P&E program. Some of us might call it bundling, but this is what it is. The program allows shoppers to buy a physical copy of a book and for a small upcharge receive a digital version of the same book on the Bookshop platform, bookshop.com. That's a site you might be interested in checking out. It's a book discovery platform as well. Um, that I think Harper Collins owns, if I remember right. I believe I might be incorrect about so, that. And the she that we are writing our love letters to is, of course, Chantal Restivo Alessi, who's the chief digital officer at Harper Collins, and really seems to be like riding into this battle with all of her swords drawn at once. Yeah, her digital sword, her lightsabers, I guess you might yes. say, are just flinging about, <laughs> lopping off the heads of legacy publishing. Um, and Eleven bookstores. No publisher. Eleven bookstores around the country. They're calling them well placed. I don't know what that means exactly, but um, a couple of our favorites are on this list. Yeah, we, there are some good ones. You've got Rainy Day Books in our beloved in our hometown, Kansas City, actually Fairway, Kansas, suburb of Kansas City. Well, but is it even a suburb really? It's I feel a, like it's little, pretty like Kansas a, City. Anyway. Fairway's like a village that's right next to downtown. It's very odd. Anyway, I don't know. There's Rainy Green Day Light. Books in Kansas City. There's Greenlight in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. There's Quail Ridge Books in Raleigh. I've been there, and it's gorgeous and cool. There and there's is, politics and prose. There is in, the imitable Prairie Lights in Iowa City, Iowa. Um, book, book people in Austin. I've never heard of a uh, couple of these. Um, McLean and Eakin in Petoskey, Michigan. Never heard of it. Yeah, I've heard um, of Anderson's. That doesn't mean anything. Yeah, Anderson's in Naperville, Illinois is just out shy, uh, outside Chicago. Yeah. Have you heard Very of well Quail Ridge in Raleigh, North Carolina? I have, you but have. I live, you know, it's my part of the country. Oh, I've right. been there. I've been to Quail Ridge. Um, Bookworm of Omaha uh, in, unsurprisingly, Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and Books and Books in Miami, Florida. Two stores there. Yeah, and so it's select titles in select stores. Oh, select and, titles? I, I didn't see that. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it's select titles. And so if in the link that we'll have in the show notes, you can see some of the displays that the bookstores have been building of the books that are available and then drawing attention for customers to the fact that they could go after their purchase um, to the Bookshout platform in mm-hmm. order to... I, I don't know exactly what the mechanism is. It doesn't explain exactly uh, what you do. Yes, I am guessing we talked about this oh low many moons ago i think that harper collins is doing some more direct sales and mm-hmm. the harper collins has their own um proprietary e-reader so i am guessing that you get your digital copy through bookshout and it'll pop up and you have to download the harper collins digital reader and yeah, try it out how there do you, how do you get the discount like if oh you buy- they get a code they get you a code. get a code. Okay. Yeah, okay. get a code. So there's some good titles. The first round yeah, includes Amanda Copland's The Orchardist, Canada by Richard Ford, The Queen of the Tearling by Erica Johansson, which is a big book of the mm-hmm. summer, Before I Fall by Lauren Oliver, Beautiful Ruins by Jess Walter, which uh, was huge. Last a couple, year. Two years, two years ago? ago? Yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, 2012. And if you haven't read it yet, that's a great book to read in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, the Care and Management of Lies by Jacqueline Winspear and some other ones, but... Uh, you can walk into your store, 
if one of your stores is on this list and buy your physical copy and then get the digital copy online through the Bookshout platform. And I bet you're right. You probably do have to read it in the HarperCollins e-reading app. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I called Rainy Day Books and bought a physical copy of one of these from them and they mailed it to me, if I would also be eligible for this. I bet you this. would. I bet you would. I'm going to have to give the good folks a call. Mm-hmm. I want to like, test it out. It looks like... Um, Book Shout is not owned by HarperCollins, as far as I can tell. Oh, nice. It says, powering direct sales for the world's largest brands, authors, and publishers. So um, it looks like they have their own app. So it might be in the Book Shout app. Anyway, yeah, do a dry run for it. A test run, dry run, whatever. The, yeah, the, maybe the I'll, pro, call, the, I'll call um, Rainy Day. I'm going to be in D.C. in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I can go to politics and prose. Check it out. Mm-hmm. Which we'll of these see. titles would you buy? Uh, probably... I don't Queen know. of the Tearling? Well, Nelson loved that. Yeah, I have that on my desk. Ah, um, such a cheater. I know. I don't know. I want to see the whole list. And then I would probably just pick something to, yeah. for the sake of going through the thing. Right. Um, this isn't yeah. all, because this is their 11 titles, then, so there must so be other ones. It's a pilot program, and they'll evaluate the results and then decide how to roll forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited, but I have so many questions. Yeah, same, 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 same. <laughs> like, I don't want to. I don't want a dedicated e-reader. I just don't want that. That's yeah, not, that's not. And that's no kind of no, nonsense. No, it's like this. Is, the thing that I really don't want is to have to have an app to read Harper Collins ebooks and another app to read Penguin Random House no, ebooks please, and like come another on. one. This is just my nightmare world. Yeah. So let's. I hope that they will bust beyond that, especially because the indie bookstores have a great partnership with Kobo. And Mm -hmm. so maybe they can work something out where if you download the DRM free version of a book, you should be able to open it in any app. Agreed. Yeah. The digital galleys that I read are DRM free and then you can open them in Kobo or in Overdrive or Blue Fire Mm. or now I'm just saying words that go together. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what we call speaking, actually, technically (laughs) words that go together. But I I take your meaning. The the current science of app naming. Yeah. um, but, so that's so, uh, like in my playing this out, I've been thinking, okay, so let's say it goes well mm-hmm. and they sign on all the indie bookstores in okay. the country for this. That's great. Mm-hmm. I see where you're going. Continue though. But it's like 4% of mm-hmm. the book sales market. So then Oof. what happens to all those people who buy their HarperCollins print books from... Barnes and Noble and Books a Million and half price books. Here's what I think is I've been thinking about this while you were away. I was bored, You've I was had some sad, time. and I was just like, I've got to throw myself into solving this bundling problem while Shinsky's away. You know that 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 ISBN page? There just should be a unique identifier. Like, I don't know, they could do a sticker or a whatever mm-hmm. that has a unique identifier for that copy of the book. So kind of like what BitLit is trying to do, right. where you sign the thing, you sign the page, and then you take a picture, which is essentially saying, it's kind of like they, when they put that Sharpie stripe down the edge of the book, and that means it's been remaindered. Yeah. It's just marking it. Just every book should come with that. But then wouldn't they have to wrap the books? No, there's a sticker in the thing. Or, you know, or I don't know. There's well, a sticker so on there. I think and it's a code, and you go yeah. to Bookshout or whatever, and you type it in, and you say, yeah, I want to pay two bucks to get the digital copy because I already bought the hardcover. Right. But I think part of the reason that doesn't exist yet is, like, comics solved this bundling problem a while back because of 
how many comics come wrapped in plastic already. Mm. So you could you wouldn't have the bad apples in the bunch going into a comic shop and getting the code for the digital download and using it without actually buying maybe the, print, it's on your the print receipt. copy of the comic. Maybe now it's that on your I receipt. think could work. Like wherever you buy it, you buy it on Amazon, you buy it at Barnes and Noble, you buy it at Costco. It's on your receipt. Yeah. And then you trot back to your house mm-hmm. and you buy your discounted or free right. digital copy right. and you read it then in whatever reading app makes you happy. Yeah. We can figure this, is this what I out. Want. This is, I yearn for this, Jeff. We could, put a, we could put dudes on the moon and like drive around crap on <laughs> Mars and I can't buy a $3 <laughs> digital copy of my copy. I don't, I don't get it. Just... Let us pause for a moment while all of the listeners search for their tiny violins. Well, you know where you're not going to find it? You're not going to find it uh, at the indie bookstore when you want to buy your uh, digital copy <laughs> of uh, the new Murakami book. Because you hope, can't do it. You can't, you can't do it. I don't care I hope, how tiny your violin is. I just hope this goes well. I want, like, if someone could inform me if I need to pray to a certain deity or, like, sacrifice a goat. Yes. Or. I don't know. Should I like color code my bookshelves and then light candles in front of them and do a chant or something? Like, what is required? You know, I think that's going to work, and I'd like you to videotape that. <laughs> is uh, that a video and or upload it, it to YouTube. Coming soon to the Book Riot YouTube channel, I'll mm-hmm. have a book seance. <laughs> yeah, right. Book seances for minor problem solution. Um, It'll. <laughs> it's me and the ghost of Ray Bradbury. Coffeehouse Press. <laughs> We're just moving on. That's how you're going to do it. I can't even acknowledge ghost, me and the ghost of Ray Bra- Uh Coffeehouse Press is a small, awesome press, I believe based in here in the great city of New York, if I remember correctly. Yes. Correct me if I'm incorrect. And they are the publisher for one of our Book Riot contributors, Margaret Aldrich. Uh, that's correct. Um, they are trying to... Th- well, you take this one. You take. I took the last one. You get to take okay. this one. So Coffeehouse Press is interested in supporting writers and artists, and they're also interested in supporting libraries of all sizes. So they've created writers' residencies at all kinds of locations, at at museums and libraries, and they even have a poet who is the writer-in-residence at the Little Free Library on Lake Street, which I believe is in Minneapolis. Does he have to live in it? (laughs) No. She, uh, there's she, a co- she, yeah, there's a yeah, because coffee- that was the absurd thing I said in that. <laughs> I got the gender wrong. The uh, uh, the opening of this piece is really cute. It's by Lori Herzl at the Star Tribune, and she says, "When word came that poet Iron Lorsung had been named writer in residence at the Little Free Library on Lake Street, it was hard not to wonder how will she ever." Oh, I fit? stepped on her joke. I'm sorry, Lori. <laughs> I stepped all over it. It's so cute. Uh, so there's a coffee shop that. You know, the Little Free Library is built in front of the coffee shop. And so the poet is technically doing her residency inside the Blue Moon Coffee Cafe Mm -hmm. on East Lake Street in Minneapolis. Um, But the Little Free Library that's right outside the Blue Moon Coffee Cafe holds about a dozen volumes of poetry that are there for the taking and the borrowing and the bringing back um, in the way that Little Free Libraries work. Um, And so she is doing this residence a residency. I don't know. What do you call it when a writer does a thing? Uh, it's your residency. Yeah. Residency. Mm-hmm. 
So she's doing this. Um, it's underwritten by Coffeehouse Press. She got a certain number of days that they, you know, paid her a small stipend to go into work in this space. And there, that's basically it. Is all you have to do is go and work in this space and take any inspiration from it that you like and produce any new kind of writing or art while you're there that's inspired by it. And you have met the requirements of your residency and you get your stipend and you've done it within your time limit and then you're finished. And so there are uh, details in here about a different artist who was in, I think in a library, a, a Korean artist who was in, who spent weeks in the American Swedish Institute's Wallenberg library and archives. This is awesome. And, yeah. And so they put this Korean uh, he's a poet, Ed Bok Lee, who's the son of Korean immigrants, and they put him into a collection of largely Swedish journals and diaries from the late 19th century. And then a quote in the piece says, all right, good luck. See what you can do. <laughs> it's so and crazy. Then, yeah. And then the Swedish Institute built an exhibit around his work. And so it says it showed them that what they had in their collections is not just artifacts, but also materials that could spawn new works of art. So there's this guy, there's the poet sitting outside the coffee shop with the Little Free Library in Manhattan. Um, there are illustrators and writers in the Minneapolis Institute of Art. There's a poet and dancer in a different place. There's another poet at the American Craft yeah, Council the Library. Arts Center. I think that's in Dallas, if I remember yeah. correctly, the Walker Arts Center. I think this is cool. It's this a good is idea. So good great. job, like, CHP. Yeah, like they've blown up the idea of what a writing residency needs mm. to look like. And they've blown up the idea of what constitutes a library. So you don't just have to sit in the big formal, you know, like walnut paneled reading right. room of the New York public library. You can sit at the coffee shop and take inspiration from this little free library on a corner. With I think 20 there should be residencies at Ikea, you know, oh, by the Billy so bookshelves <laughs> and all so like great. the fake books. Oh, I heard you and Amanda talk about Whiskey Tango Foxtrot yes. a couple weeks ago. And there is a scene where some of the spies use Ikea buildings as safe houses. It's just that like the Ikeas are That's all, where I would go. Yeah, they're Got all wired me meatballs up Meatballs and sofas. What and, else do you right. need? <laughs> anyway. That's the most Jeff thing you have ever said. <laughs> That's true. It is. <laughs> anyway, this is so cool. Um, Margaret Aldrich, who writes for us and has the book coming out from Coffeehouse Press, it's maybe worth noting her book is about little free libraries. That's right. So Coffeehouse Press has an established interest in, ah. I guess, what's happening in reading culture and little free libraries. They are in genuinely interested in that, but um, also in what they can build around it. This is pretty mm -hmm. cool. I think it's great. Great. And great. God knows poets need more underwriting options. They do. Um, let's That's move a cool on. thing. Let's move on to other cool things. Uh, Foils, which is the uh, venerable bookshop in London mm -hmm. at uh, Charing Cross Road, if, you've, if you know the city at all or have read about it at all, um, actually just opened a brand new shiny store there and it's huge a new four-story bookshop it's spelled with an e over there so you don't get confused when you're reading story that's actually means a floor to us um they launched this thing where if you go into the store and use their wi-fi and you open up your phone or your tablet it goes to their homepage, and what you can do is you can search for the title you're looking for and they have a service that will that will pinpoint where in the store it is so you go to such and such floor, such and such aisle, such and such self, and it'll give you the coordinates right there. I want this for every shopping experience I that need I ever have to house. leave my house for. 
Right? <laughs> where is this dinosaur toy it, located? Well, dinosaur toys are everywhere, but which do you need the mama ankylosaur or do you need the, the baby? Uh, it's called Ariadne, which is a reference to the labyrinthine old foils bookshop, Ariadne being the Greek, the myth um, guided the Theseus. The figure who guided Theseus. Right. Became a spider. Uh, you don't have to download an app. Uh, it's, what else do you say? I think it's cool. You go it's in there, great. you know where things are. I guess. Is this solving you, a real problem? That's the only thing I could think of. Well, That's the only I mean, parade reigning I could do. I think it's kind of solving a problem. Like They have 200,000 titles. I mean, come yeah, on. In my bookseller days, I did spend a lot of time in a Barnes & Noble standing at an info desk answering questions and directing people to things. Right. But I also spent a lot of time standing at the info desk looking around at people who were clearly confused. Mm but who did not want to come ask for help or yeah. who even shook you off when you <laughs> approached them and offered to help them find the thing that they were looking sure, for. Sure, I could tell you where the Sudoku are. Just just swallow your pride <laughs> and ask Right. Me. Teenagers asking for the joy of sex, I can handle that. They yep. seem to have no shame. Mm -hmm. It was always like kind of the not-so-prurient requests mm -hmm. that people were ashamed of, which I guess maybe is an interesting thing in and of itself. But right. I think it would solve some of that. Like, I would love this for the grocery store or H&M or, you know, anything. Yeah, I, that, I definitely can see this but, in Ikea. Yeah. I, I guess it's also only something like this is only as good as the information that you put into right. it, though. So right, 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 um, right, right. there's a lot that professional booksellers do that's like, I heard actually our, our friend Josh Christie was um, tweeting this afternoon about customers doing things like, I heard a book, I heard about a book on NPR. It's about jazz. <laughs> and booksellers okay. have to know what right. that thing was, or at least how to Google very quickly and find it for a customer. But if you're that customer who just knows that you heard about something about jazz on NPR, if you're not going to Google it yourself, you're kind well, of up a creek no, sure, when you're I trying to like... Yeah, yeah, it's point well taken. I mean, it's not, you can't go to, you can't find the right self hook help book if you're like, you know what, something is wrong with me. You need right. a little more specific information. Right, or like uh, at back to school one year, I had a customer come up to the desk and ask for Emily. And I thought she surely was mistaken and wanted Emma. Uh, um, and so we went back and forth for well, a while. Let me guess. She wanted Emily Dickinson? No, uh, she the... wanted the, no, no, you're, she wanted the MLA handbook. Oh God. But the teacher just talked about it in class. MLA, she didn't MLA, actually have a, MLA, yeah, MLA. yeah, yeah. Right. Gotcha. She didn't have okay. a syllabus. So she had just written in her notes that they needed Emily. <laughs> I was like, there's no, there's no classic wow. called Emily. Yeah. So uh, I guess, as is said, like you said, there's only gives information put into it. So if it's the one with the blue cover and that thing about the thing that the guy right. told me about, not, yeah, not so Yeah, then you need helpful. a human. They, but they, you know what? They've got those. They've got those in stock. That's true. They do have humans. They'll, and they'll, if, free, they'll, um, they'll thaw one out for you and give it a few minutes and, and the human will be able to And if you're prepared and you just want to go in and get the thing that you know you need and get out. I like, never talk to people at books. I'm terrible. I'm so bad. I'm the worst. <laughs> You know, I I know my local booksellers, and then when I'm traveling, I usually, if they look friendly, I do the bookseller roulette. Like, what's the thing that you're hand selling right mm. now that you like? And I just buy that thing, um, or I just, you know, don't talk to you. Yeah, that's that's where I go. Uh, yeah. 
So you want this because then you could be like, I'm, yeah, looking, for, I'm it, looking for tiny, it's like, beautiful it's things. It's like Battleship for book buying. You know, it's like E4. There we go. That's where I want to go. I wonder, is it searchable by people who aren't in the store? So can you decide, can you find out if they have the book mm-hmm. that you need before you go all the way down it there? It says that when they connect to the store's Wi-Fi network, I'd imagine if it's popular, they'll make it as something available on their homepage. But I don't know. Yeah, it says launch in beta. And we'll see a full rollout later this summer. That not that much summer left, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, we should send. I wonder if there's. Do we one know in, anybody in London? Are you any out there in London? If you are, are any of you, if you're in London, please go to Foils on a field trip. Please do something for us for absolutely <laughs> no compensation and barely any acknowledgement. But you need to buy a book, right? You need to look at least. What do you mean? Like they need to someone out there. Oh, Some, if you're listening to this show, probably a book is in your future. I'm just guessing. Right. I haven't done, I haven't done any uh, focus group, but I'm guessing that you might buy a book or two from now. Okay, uh, that is a cool now thing. we've moved on from um, bookish tech stuff uh, part of the evening, and we're moving on to um, uh, spurious claims about the value of reading. Oh, lovely! In, in, My favorite in studies. <laughs> and this one is about how reading Harry Harry Potter makes you feel better about gay folks and immigrants. And this was a study done by Westchester University, mm-hmm. and they let's see you you read the you actually read this study, so I'm going to give I this did. one to you. So take us take us right. on a okay. paint so a picture the, for us. Let me paint you a picture. The piece that we're linking to is in USA Today, right? Um, but there is a link in this piece that goes to the actual study in the Journal of Applied Social Psychology, and so I got interested in. Did you how immediately they... subscribe to the Journal of Applied Social? <laughs> I wondered if you maybe. Use... It's probably a jillion dollars. It probably anyway, is. Anyway, I, I do. I was actually you. just super shocked that you could read the thing online without a subscription. Nah, that's true. Um, but if you feel the urge to investigate research design, as I so often do, yeah, <laughs> you can you can satisfy yourself with this one. Um, so they they did three different tests to identify the effects of Harry Potter on students, and this was in Italy and the UK. The Which, first one. So let me stop you there. That seems weird, right? It's like the United Italy, Kingdom. I sort of understand, but like. Uh, let's pick a European. Italy. Right. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. They're big book lovers, but I guess that's a separate thing. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So the first group was um, 34 fifth graders, which that's a pretty small sample size, yes. um, where they tested attitudes toward immigrants. The second group was 117 high school students, and they tested attitudes toward homosexuals. And then the third group was 75 undergraduate college students, and that was attitudes about refugees after reading Harry Potter. And so what I was wondering is, did they just like compare people who had read Harry Potter against people who hadn't read Harry Potter (laughs) on these dimensions? So uh, tell me how you feel about refugees. Right. Like, is it after the fact type stuff about, we'll just give you a questionnaire because a lot of research does that. They just ask you, you know, here's a questionnaire that assesses your attitudes about immigrants or gay people or refugees. And then the last item is like, oh, by the way, have you read Harry Potter? And then they sort out the answers mm. and see if the Harry Potter answer um, right. is related to different, like, is the significant difference in and, the patterns. And it's also not that you've read Harry Potter, says students who identified with the character Harry Potter had improved attitudes. Yeah, it's that piece is interesting. Like, that's an extra question they asked. What I really wanted to know was how they set it up. So, mm-hmm. I'm happy to report that these folks did before and after tests. Mm. So, they took the fifth graders and they gave them some assessment, presumably one that's written for people who are in fifth grade, um, that assessed their attitudes toward immigrants. And the same thing with high school students and their attitude towards uh, attitudes toward gay people. 
And then the undergraduates and their attitudes, this is hard to say, attitudes toward refugees. They gave them the, like the baseline assessment, and then they spent time over several weeks reading the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. Um, or for the younger kids, it was having uh, one of the research conducting people read the Harry Potter books to them. And then at the conclusion of their experience with Harry Potter, they took those same measures again. Right. And that's when they actually saw... Well, right. And it doesn't say that you went to being sort of like completely tolerant, just that it was improved. So you could have just gone from like complete jerkwad to dillweed. So, you know, you've you've improved, but anyway. Right. Yeah. The uh, (laughs) complete jerkwad to dillweed would be a show title (laughs) of iTunes wouldn't hate us. (laughs) Uh, So... They, and they did ask about identifying with Harry Potter or identifying with Voldemort. And uh, big surprise, the study found that among the college students, those who identified less with Voldemort um, indicated that reading the series was positively associated with perspective taking <laughs> toward refugees. Like, the, who thinks of to ask this question? Did they immediately is what I really incarcerate anyone who identified like, with Voldemort? Did they like <laughs> do some preventative? Uh... They they put the dark mark on them and they're just going to keep <laughs> yeah, an eye on right. it for a while. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Wow, I'm really distracted now. Sorry, so I don't I'm know. Sorry. I don't know where they came up with this idea to look at these different dimensions and then use Harry Potter. It's weird as, that they gave the different age groups like different right, categories. That's a confounding factor. Yeah. Um, but there's also interesting stuff in this USA Today piece about what Rowling has said about the Harry Potter books being a, a quote prolonged argument for tolerance and a plea for an end to bigotry and the ways that she approaches um, different kinds of stigmatized groups in it. That stuff is interesting. This kind of feel I like it's just a weird question. To yeah, ask. it is. I get. I guess the idea is. Maybe something along the lines. All right, so Harry Potter, there's a part of it that's about stigmatized groups, mudbloods, orphans, muggles, whatever. Right. Being oppressed by the by tyranny the of the machine, force. whatever, sure. right? So maybe the idea is, is that kind of like generalized fantasy stigmatization transferable to real world stigmatization. So you, you identify with these groups in this situation in this fictional world. Mm-hmm. Does that become applicable to real worlds? Yeah, I think that's reasonable to that ask. It is. It's just, uh, it's interesting to me that they picked Harry Potter yeah. and then the It's to get jerks psych. like us to talk about the, it. It probably it's totally is. totally worked, by the way. Um, the, there's the phenomenon in social psychology that I think this ties most closely to is the mere exposure effect, which is that having any encounter with a person who is a member of a group that you've previously held prejudiced beliefs about erodes some of those prejudiced beliefs. And the, like, well, when we were in school, the big example that my professor gave for it was remember the Titans as you've got like, the white football team and the black football team. And when those players are all together or like Friday night lights, mm-hmm. um, they work with each other and they begin to see each other as humans. And it sort of starts to bust down some of their stereotypes, just being merely exposed to people who are members of a group that you've held ideas about changes your ideas about the members of those groups and helps you empathize with them. Mm -hmm. So I think there's some of that here too in this, in this study using an established work of fiction, I thought was an interesting choice. Like often these professors and researchers will write their own, uh, fanfic. 
basically Harry like Potter fan. They write their own little fictional vignettes that <laughs> then the people in the studies have to read, or there are like the research study versions of stock photo, basically, but for fictional vignettes. I really want fictional vignettes I was a, a research assistant on one in college uh, about forgiveness, and so different people in different conditions of the study had to read these vignettes that the researcher had come up with about interactions with your roommate, and uh, it was like whether you were the person in the interaction who had wronged the roommate or whether you read the condition where the roommate had wronged you, and then you answered a questionnaire about forgiveness and attitudes and she looked at whether having to put yourself in the different situations was related to I it. We're down the, a rabbit hole now. I think the important thing that if you read Harry Potter it turns into a pinko, pinko communist uh, anarchist. That's yeah. what's going to happen. The clearly so, good this luck. is the only... Good luck. Good luck with that. <laughs> All of you guys out there. Well it taps into that bigger story that we talk about in headlines every couple of months where someone does some kind of study that we all pass around because it makes us feel good about how reading makes us better people uh, on some dimension, whether we're kinder or we have more empathy, or in this case, uh, we have more accepting attitudes towards immigrants and refugees and gay people. Um, that's It's interesting now that there's some science to kind of to back that up at least a little bit. And this is a pretty well-designed study. Um, there is a line farther down in it about uh, the different kinds of households that these kids also commonly come from. And I thought that was interesting. I don't know what the response to Harry Potter was in the UK and in Italy, but mm -hmm. I do know like that there were some social groups in the US who didn't let their kids read the Harry Potter books because of... Um, Witchcraft. Right. Religious beliefs about witchcraft. And so it's conceivable to me that if you uh, that if a person has conservative enough beliefs about outside groups in that way, they might also have kids who have less accepting beliefs mm -hmm. about immigrants and gay people and, and refugees. But those kids have also not been exposed to Harry Potter. So possible confounding factors in different in different places here. But overall, pretty interesting. Yeah, I just. I just wonder, maybe we could just tell everyone, we we all agree that reading is good for you. Right. Like, and we just kind of, we don't, we don't need any more. Just do something else. Like, I, I wonder, I don't know. are there people on like a modern art podcast who every three or four weeks have to read some study about how modern looking at artists. modern art makes you a better person? Or is this like, a, is this a well, special no, that we get in Well, no, because that stuff is a joke. Let's be honest. Um... <laughs> you can send your angry emails to, <laughs> to podcast at bookriot.com. Book uh, maybe. I know poets Poets always have to talk about how poetry matters and how it's actually not dying. Um, but I, I don't know. It just feels like we're just answering the same question that we feel like we know the answer to, and we're never going to really have a definitive study, so we're just going to spit out these sort of half-satisfying maybes uh, forever and ever. Anyway, um, Let's move on to another tech thing. Tom Hanks. There's no segue. In. I just <laughs> there is can't. No segue. This is uh, so weird. <laughs> this is weird. Tom Hanks. Uh, I, I knew this before. He's a typewriter fetishist. He has yeah. a bunch of them in his personal collection, and he is introducing a new typewriter app for your iPad, which it, it's a real mystery. It makes your iPad look like a typewriter and has that satisfying clacky sound. Oh, yeah, the and clickety it, clack. It, it, it goes in sort of barely off uh, off the line uh, courier typeface 
And that's what it does. It's called the Hanks Writer, H-A-N-X, mm-hmm. which I know you and I are both big fans of intentionally misspelling things. Yes. And, and it's, no, I'm not, by the way. <laughs> I, you know, I know. I just want, I, I couldn't let that just lie. Just to clarify. Just, there when wasn't enough irony your, in the world. When you send your angry letters about the value of modern art to Jeff, make sure you spell crazy with a K. <laughs> Um, anyway, Tom Hanks said it was his little gift to the future Luddite hipsters of the world. <laughs> uh, it's great. And this, did you read this review on The Verge? No, it? I couldn't do it. It's so, <laughs> it's so this? fantastic. Uh, who wrote this? Oh, Jacob. Jacob Kostronakis. And it, he took his job very seriously. So he assesses that the app is free and that that's good and that the basic state of it is enough to get the feel for. It's fun to type, but it doesn't fully fulfill the like romance around typewriters because even though the clacking sound is nice, really you also need that thing where you have to apply physical pressure to strike <laughs> a key. <laughs> It's almost like an iPad isn't a typewriter, is what I'm hearing. Shocking. I know. It does have a delete it's key. It's shocking. Oh, and also, you'll be surprised to learn that it slows the writing process way down. As all typing on your <laughs> iPad does, by the way. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, sure. There's other... T- we've <laughs> seen this before. There, there, ha- there are apps like this out right. there. It says the App Store is full of typewriter apps, but this is the only one that can op- also offer a feeling of kinship with Tom Hanks. It's true. It's true. I just well, I mean, it's, it's free, which is it's odd. free. You can try it out. I don't know why this feels weird to me. Like, why does a person? Uh, who I think Tom makes like too much an... Ambien or something. <laughs> right. Did this one night. If you're typing on an iPad, you are likely not the kind of person who's longing for a typewriter because you can still type on a typewriter. I know, and you probably do too. Know writers <laughs> that yeah. write their books on typewriters still. Mm. It's not a completely extinct technology, but this whole like turning new technologies into things that look like old technologies for hipsters who aren't even old enough to have nostalgia for the old technology. <laughs> it's like that Maroon 5 song about payphones and most of the people that have heard the song probably have never even seen a payphone. Like Well, I'm holding out for Meryl Streep's calligraphy ball uh, fountain app. <laughs> it's really what I've been waiting for. This one. the streeper <laughs> So it's going to be called. What are you doing, streeping? Doing a little streeping. <laughs> that sounds a little naughty. <laughs> See, I wonder why I said it. I'm shocked. I didn't, I didn't even mean to streeping. make it sound weird we or awkward gone. at all. <laughs> We've gone book I'm right. shocked you, that you thought so, I would say that on purpose. I'm scandalized. What are you drinking tonight, Jeff? Uh, I don't know. Just good old-fashioned H2O. Uh, let's do our sponsor. <laughs> Before we totally embarrass ourselves, <laughs> just mostly at this oh, point. Oh, ships that have sailed. That, this is your read. I, this is your read. Cut it together. <laughs> this uh, show is also sponsored by Random House Audiobooks. They are back again. We love Random House Audiobooks, and we both really love audiobooks for not just the obvious uses, like listening to them in the car on a road trip or while you're walking to work or walking the dog or picking the kids up from daycare, but for stuff like making washing the dishes more fun. Uh, 
I listen now while I'm on very rare occasions folding laundry. <laughs> Were you just throwing away your dirty clothes? You don't do it anymore? You know, right in the trash bin. I just prefer to dig my clean laundry all wrinkled out of the hamper that it's been sitting in for a week. <laughs> That's, I like that. That's good. Do you just keep all your groceries in like a huge pile on the kitchen floor? Sorry, I don't know what's in it. <laughs> Anyway, audiobooks. 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 We Mm -hmm. like them. We do. Uh, You can add some excitement to your daily commute or your family road trip. Uh, If you're crafting, we have tons of people at Book Riot who like to knit and cross-stitch, so you can work on your latest craft project and listen to an audiobook. Normally, that wouldn't be able to be reading time because your hands are occupied and you can't hold a book and knit unless you're magical or a hydra. Right. And... uh, and I, I am neither of both those. Both possibly would work as well. Right. Yeah. Oh, I used it. Uh, I made a book fairy costume for LeakyCon. And, mm. Or rather, my friend's husband made a book fairy costume for me. But while I was doing some finishing touches on it, I listened to an audiobook while I was crafting. Mm. Um, you can listen to favorite authors, new bestsellers, give any routine sort of a fresh twist. You go to tryaudiobooks.com. You can check out free downloads from Random House Audiobooks. They also have a tool where you can put in the length of an audiobook that you're looking for, and it will generate some suggestions for you. So if you know you have a four-hour road trip, or if your knitting project says that it will take seven hours to complete, you can find a book that matches that length of time. So you don't have to do the thing of like, well, now I have 20 minutes right. left in my audiobook. Do I just sit on the couch and listen to it? You know what they should um, partner with Ikea? And so you could like, depending on what you're <laughs> assembling, it could pick out like... You uh, you really you're gonna you're, you're gonna assemble shows. that that floor to ceiling entertainment center. Here's War and Peace. Right. Go good luck you. to good, you, good, sir. Good luck to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, while you're cooking, while you're gardening, um, I have on very nerdy occasion carried the Bluetooth speaker that we have in my house into the bathroom. Oh, I think and Amanda listened. and I mocked you about that on the last show. Oh, that's mo- true. I mean, um, brought up your helpful <laughs> suggestion for the people. Michelle, right. Michelle had two suggestions too. I hadn't I hadn't remembered. Uh, well, one I didn't remember, and a second one that was new. The first one is she, she, her first like transformed audio experience was when our our son was a newborn, and she was up in the middle of the night with him, and she was listening to the Night Circus while oh. trying to rock him to sleep, and it's very soothing too. They don't know what's going on, so if you, if you've got if you know someone who's got young kids or is up in the middle of the night for random reasons, that's a good one. The other thing she said as she entered her third decade of listening to Hard Choices by Hillary Clinton. Um, <laughs> Audiobooks are great for books where there's a lot of uh, names you might have trouble uh, pronouncing. Mm. Or like, this is a classic thing when I used to teach um, literature and crime and punishment, the students would get all the conf- the characters messed up because they all just like jumbles of, of letters, like K's and Y's and R's mm-hmm. and U's and V's. Yeah, the ru- those Russian names and the various but forms audiobook, of the Russian they names they know how to say the name. So you can hear it rather than have to have like that weird like eyeball screwy thing when the names looks all different. And she said that's really helped her in listening to the Hillary Clinton book, which is about her being the State Department and traveling all over the world and meeting a jillion people with a jillion names, which I thought was a, a pretty cool point uh, as yeah, well. So that's helpful from Michelle. Yeah, I know that's that's a, that's a solid from her. Yeah. So that's so, tryaudiobooks.com. Audiobooks. Thanks to uh, Rainbow's Audio. This yeah, this summer. 
I, for the very first time, have listened to The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. I somehow made it out of my teenage years without having read that. Um, and the first one, the you know Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy actual book, is narrated by Stephen Fry from Random House. And it is a delight. It is a delight. Absolute delight. We were on the highway, and I was cracking up, and my husband was going, Slotty bot fast. <laughs> and it was just... Fantastic. It's a little known fact uh, about Hitchhiker's Guide. If you're a, a, a book a bookish twelve uh, uh, year old, um, they don't let you go through puberty until you've read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Just you get just on that. you, you just got to wait. <laughs> you got to finish it, and then finally you can you can proceed um, to the next stage. I am reading or listening to right now a short history of nearly everything by Bill Bryson. Uh, Bill Bryson, I, well, how do we describe? He's a uh, he writes nonfiction books. He, I guess he's, he's like a slightly cooler Garrison Keeler. Yeah, or a slightly more cerebral Dave Barry. I guess mm-hmm. he might be another. He's a, you, you see what we're saying here. Um, he's like he's like a super. He's like a raconteur uncle. Um, and this is him doing science, basically, like trying to figure out why things happen this way in his particularly delightful, insouciant, and informative way. Um, each chapter is kind of long, but it's, it goes to some sort of topic like how cell phones work, right? <laughs> or like how big is the sun? Or um, why do we all dial up? I haven't gotten to that one yet. But uh, so that's um, – the nice thing is the chapters are long and self-contained. So, you know, you could, you could listen to one if you have got a half hour or so to kill um, and not, not get caught in the middle of the chapter or in yeah. the middle oh, of a story nice. or a cliffhanger or anything like that. Um, I'm, I've been, had a million people recommend Bill Bryson to me. Uh, I'm, finally, um, I'm, I'm finally safely ensconced in my middle-aged mediocrity that I'm ready to try it um, and finding it uh, unsurprisingly delightful. So those yeah, are those two are audiobook recommendations. Yeah. If those don't float your boat or you want some more or you just want to check out what the audiobook thing is all about, try audiobooks.com again. And thanks to Random House Audiobooks yes, thank you. for sponsoring the show. You want to hear about some new books? I do. We got some new books happening mm-hmm. this week. I'm going to make you say the first one. I, you know, I knew you were going to throw me under the, the bus. Um, Haruki Murakami has a new book titled, I assume, To Torture People with Lisps, um, Colorless Takuru <laughs> Tazaki and His Years of Pilgrimage. Was that close? I think I it think was. I nailed it. I'm going with Cr- yeah, I crushed it. it. Let's just swagger our way yeah. through that title read. I, I crushed it like a grape, uh, which is out this week. And you were saying that the the cover copy is um, a fog like, of generality. This is it's like the vaguest literary fiction jacket copy ever. Mm-hmm. Here is a remarkable story of Sakuru Tazaki, a young man haunted by a great loss of dreams and nightmares that have unintended consequences for the world around us, and of a journey into the past that is necessary to mend the present. It is a story of love, friendship, and heartbreak for the ages. But it's Haruki Murakami. I feel like that's like their Lipsum or uh, what's that? The, uh, the Laura, Mipsum. Laura Mipsum text that you get that genericized Latin text. Like they just have that sitting on every literary fiction like jacket yeah. just ready I to mean, go. It sold. So we should say this sold a, more than a million copies the first week that it went on sale in Japan. Yeah. A, a while uh, ago. And I'm going to read it. Like it's one of those deals where 
if you're a Murakami person, you just read whatever he does. Like that's just right, kind which of is one maybe of the why things. they can get away with such vague yeah, yeah. jacket copy. It should just say, uh, like we were joking before we started the show, it should just say this is a novel by Haruki. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is you and uh, buckle up, suckers. <laughs> right, do it. It's on the shorter side. It is for for his books. I have and, heard from people I know who read Murakami that it wouldn't be a bad place to start if you wanted to mm-hmm. try. I did write about Murakami. Um, for um, our Start, Start Here, Here project. And I, you know what? I can't remember what I... Uh, I'll look it up here in a second. I don't remember what you said either for yeah. um, the starting point. Yeah. So anyway... Um, that's out this that's week. That's out. That was, that's, that's one of the bigger books of the year and for literary we were, fiction nerds. Did you notice that the bodegas in Vancouver, a lot of them had I big did. full window posters well, of you, this? There's a, there's a huge uh, Pacific Rim population in yeah. Vancouver. So, and the, it, Merc, it's hard to... There's not really a parallel in the U.S. at least for Murakami's position in the literary landscape because he's a, he's a pop phenomenon, but it's lit, it's like... I can't think of I can't Mm-mm. think of anything equivalent. I mean, it's it's surreal um, and unusual and dreamlike and smart and elusive. Um, I said Norwegian Wood, so there ah. is the it was the, his first novel. It's the easiest to follow structurally. So if if that would be my recommendation, I'm going to read this. And if I change that, I'll be sure to to send a bulletin out to all instances parties that I've made a change to my reading pathway. But uh, that's the that's the big book this week for sure. That is the big one. Uh, and new in comics. And since we're you and Amanda talked about panels, right? You did? Did you talk about it? Uh, so in well, case we have this new website coming out uh, <laughs> from the people that brought you Transformers. I mean, um, booklight.com. <laughs> Panels.net uh, is going to be launching this fall, and it's a site like BookRite except focusing on comics. And our good friend, our Paul good Montgomery. Our good friend, Fuzzy Typewriter yeah, himself. He, yeah, he's Fuzzy Typewriter on Twitter. He's on the Book Rages podcast with me. He's great. We should have uh, him on this show sometime. We Introduce should, the we people will. to him. Yeah, that's a good idea. When you go on vacation... Yeah. I'll have Paul on. Good. We'll have then a party. Have and then we'll mock you for something. Jerk. I'm just going to work on a list yeah, now good of luck. things to mock you for. Yeah, it's hard um, to, it's At hard any to... rate, since we're launching a comic site, uh, we're all paying more attention to comics. We are. And we are launching a comic site partially because we're all paying more attention. It's a, it's a real, like, uh, what's the, med- the... I have to say chicken the egg. I couldn't think of anything It's better. an Escher kind of twisted oh, up thing, Oh, that's good, right. We're walking uh, up the down staircase into comics. Right. So comics, we've been reading some, and there is a new issue of one of my current favorite comics out this week. Um, it's Sex Criminals Number no. 7 by Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky, and it's about uh, a librarian and a dashing young man who both are able to stop time when they climax. And first they use it to rob a bank to try to get money to save the librarian's library. But now it turns out that there are other people who have this skill and there are people who like police the world that they all fall into when they freeze time. And we're starting to get some backstory about who these main characters really are and how they discovered this about themselves, but also the kind of real world uh, questions and issues that they wrestle with. It's really funny and clever. Uh, It does sex and women uh, a solid in the world of comics, um, which is a thing that seems to be happening more often now, but hasn't been a historical thing, like hasn't historically been a thing that comics have been great at um, presenting 
women in a great light and discussing sex in a way that's fun and realistic. And this does all of those things. You is know, one of these than, available in a trade? Is the first six yes. issues available in a trade? I got to The gotta first check that out. six are in a trade. Yeah. Uh, Matt Fraction, uh, who also is the writer of Hawkeye, which is one of my right, favorite ongoing comics. And uh, Chib Zdarsky's illustrations for it are wonderful. The colors are really playful. It's just so much fun. Um, in paperback out this week are two of the big books from last year. We've got Mad Adam by Margaret Atwood, which is the final book in her Mad Adam trilogy, which is an end of the world, uh, but not post-apocalyptic because the world has not ended yet. Miss Atwood would want you to know. My post-apocalyptic um, novel is just a bunch of blank pages. Oh, that's so deep. Yeah, sorry. I, one I'm of just going to need my, One of my pet peeves is... It's a book set in a post-apocalyptic world, and there's still people in it. Like, <laughs> right. Atwood is pretty she knows what she's talking about, about. that. Yeah. Like, this is not post-apocalyptic. There is still a world. Um, but there's been a major disaster, and a large portion of the population has been wiped out by a health crisis. And so you have sort of like the leftover people from the evil corporations, but then also some cults that have sprung up around they, You know, cults always survive this the stuff. Environment, or they, new ones begin. Mm. The uh, I just finished um, Station Eleven by Emily St. John. Mandel. Oh, was that good? I, I've it's heard so nothing good. but good things. I really it comes read out that. next month, and it's also about what happens in the world after a super flu wipes out like ninety eight percent of the population, and there's a cult in that one too. All um, these books just make me want to disinfect everything. <laughs> Station Eleven is so good, but my, so Mad Adam is out now in paperback. Um, the whole trilogy is out now, and you can buy all three of them in a pretty paperback boxed set if that's a thing. That you're into mm. the, they did new covers for it if you're looking for something to read through summer travel mm. i think you would do well to be a good yourself. gift this fall yeah that would be a good one yeah, we have to save that for a gift show that's oryx a, that's and a good crate one. and the year of the flood and mad adam if you like that sort of end of the world they're calling it cli-fi now like climate that's not fiction. you know i'm gonna throw a flag on that i put scare quotes around it at my desk i'm just sitting here making Finger quotes. I wish you would put a fireball around it. Um, <laughs> Matt, Hot House. Did you read this either? <laughs> I didn't. I want to read this. I'm going to read this at some point. Uh, Hot yeah. House, the art and survival and the survival of art at America's most celebrated publishing house for our Strauss and Giro by Boris Kachka, something like that. Yes, Kachka. Which is a is an is a is it a history oral history? I don't remember exactly, but it's this. It's kind of dishy about yeah it's the like halcyon dishy... days of. Um, FSG in the 50s and yeah. 60s, right? Basically. Yeah, tell all. It's sort of a madman Mad yeah. era look at one of the most celebrated literary publishing houses. Um, I know that Kachka, he writes for Vulture and mm -hmm. uh, something else online frequently. He writes for the internet, Jeff. Yeah, right. Um, he's a reporter it. and he conducted a bunch of interviews. Um, I don't know if the book is quite laid out as an oral history or more of a like investigative researched look supported by um, all of those interviews and, mm. and whatever else he dug up. But by all accounts, it's supposed to be great if you're into publishing inside baseball mm. um, and gossipy stuff which and it sounds like so i mean if you're listening to this show i'm, I'm, right. I'm not gonna stereotype you, you but this might be right <laughs> it just seems like <laughs> this might be for you <laughs> we've heard good things so those are the new books new books this week mm -hmm. that's our show that's our ever so slightly punch drunk show it's so nice to be back together it again. is it is <laughs> um Let's see. What do we what do we tell these people when we're trying to get out of here? You can find uh, us all oh, the time. Oh, Twitter. Yeah, you do it. I always Okay, do I'll do it. I got the sign off. Yeah, you okay. just sit over there and drink That's your right. H2O. I'm trying not to pass out or insult anybody. 
<laughs> you can find us all the time at bookriot.com. Book Riot's on Twitter at Book Riot. We're on Facebook. We got a Tumblr, you know, whatever you're into. If you want to check out the forthcoming comics site, you can go to panels.net. That'll give you information about where to follow us online and we'll send you an alert when the site launches later in the fall. I am on Twitter at Rebecca Shinsky, S-C-H-I-N-S-K-Y. Jeff is at Reading Ape. You can shoot us an email, podcast at bookriot.com. If you like the show, you have feedback, you want to tell all your friends or do some skywriting, you can leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate it. We read all of them and it helps other people to find the show. You can go to squarespace.com and use the offer code poetry to get a free trial and 10% off your new website design. And don't forget to hit up tryaudiobooks.com from Random House Audiobooks to try that out for free downloads and recommendations. That's it. I think that's it. That's (laughs) it. We're out. We will talk to you next week. Mic drop. (laughs) 